Hey guys, it's Ben Mackay here. You're listening to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. Uh, We have a, well this is a huge show today. This could be a long show but it's a massive, we're kind of doing like a, almost a, I know we've done previous shows but a bit of a launch show. 2024 baby. 2024 where... Friday, uh, 2 o'clock, unfortunately for everyone who has work, uh, we play the Saints uh, over at... uh, their their home ground. I think there'll be a lot of people working from home that day, and there'll be laptops on the couch <laughs> in K- front of the TV. Ko Sports and uh, there you and, go. Uh, and uh, yeah, meeting calendars all booked out. Exactly all correct. Oh, isn't that? No, 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 I'm not available. <laughs> not, not available. <laughs> what do you, can you just? Nah, I can't move. Nope. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, it's um, it all started. Now it's all starts. So it's, uh, this morning. Uh, Big day for the club. It was the it was the family day. Went down to a really fun environment. Heaps of people there. Love seeing a whole bunch of kids. You know, young kids just so excited seeing their heroes. That's all. That's what I'm all about. I want to see a whole new generation of bomber fans uh, come through. Uh, so um, yeah, it's it's for me. It's kind of a, in a weird way a kind of a wrap up to the preseason when. As we're playing the Saints, I know there's training every week, and I think it's a good but, bookend. It's a good but it's kind of it. like your, your end of your internal match practice scenarios and everything like that. You go into a lot more loads and management and just different things each week post games. New so, mentality. We've gone from that training mentality now to genuinely putting stuff into place and winning games of footy. So yeah, so today here later on, uh, we were fortunate. You know, we've I've had. Both myself and Grant have had a, an amazing week, uh, and we were very, very fortunate for the, for the club to invite the whole podcast, bring our equipment, put it on the on the inside hangar oval, and just have Todd Goldstein, Jordan Ridley, Andrew McGrath, uh, and Ben McKay all do kind of fifteen minute kind of interviews. Uh, and just have a sit down chat to them. So we've recorded all that, and you're going to hear this all all in one big show. So this is a huge show. Hopefully, this gives you a, a bit of excitement, a bit of a launch into the season as we as we play the Saints on Friday. So uh, as far as uh, training, uh, you, my previous show, if you haven't heard it, it, that gives a whole rundown of training and who I thought my standouts mm-hmm. were and huge response to that show. <laughs> so the, I looked at the numbers of how many people listen to it. It's just a massive amount. So thank you so much for that. Uh, this morning, uh, just to give a very quick overview, the the guys who stood out to me, I think for the most part, from all the people I've spoken to, Sam Durham by far. 
Look, look, look out for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, he's been consistently good the entire preseason. He's really having a breakout. Yeah. Uh, he, he played inside mid with Setterfield, and it was just a great battle. It was like actual real physical. Yeah. And you could tell round one was kind of on the line, you know, it was coming yeah. up and we're playing the Saints and Cats soon. And, and, um, and, uh, Sam Durham was just sensational. So I've never seen him play that well as an inside mid, and it got me really excited. Actually, it's just it just shows you the increased depth and um, the size. You know, him and Perkins were rotating a lot, and Perkins actually was strong again. Um, but the size, you know, was Setterfield and and you're like, oh, actually, these are six foot one, six foot two. Mm. You know, uh, these are big, strong boys. Because uh, obviously Durham's built himself up quite a lot. Perkins has built himself up. We know Setterfield's a huge guy. He's a big so, unit, yeah. so look, it's just nice to see the balance of the midfield. I think looking really healthy. Uh, and then the other guy who's probably a bit of a forgotten guy, uh, Jai Colwell had a fantastic session today. So good. So it was really good to see him in form. Really, really good stuff inside. He's one of those guys that. I always feel like he probably gets frustrated at us because he's actually very hard to pick at the bottom of a pack around a whole lot of players. So you're going to miss a lot of his possessions. But I decided to watch him quite closely because I just thought I'll just get a bit of an idea of where, where Jai's at. And then, yeah, bingo, because I was looking really intently for it. So many little clearances out of packs and just tough stuff in the in the clinches. So, All right, so here's a question for you without notice. Over the entire preseason, you've been down to probably more training sessions and more um, little captain's runs and the sort of things than, <coughs> excuse me, most people on the planet. Um, apart from, I mean, I think the obvious question is, or the answer is Sam Durham, who's stood out by the length of the straight on the track, right? Who else? Who's your top three that you've noticed that have been consistently good and that maybe have taken the next step? I'll talk about it of the existing players, not the the free agents or the trading, sure. because they're okay. all they're yeah. all solid. Like they're, uh, everyone heard on last week's show that the, they're really good. Um, look, you, uh, maybe I'll context too for guys who have been regularly playing because Reed's an obvious one in some ways, but he's only played eight games and missed mm. a lot of footy. Um, but I think Perkins, I think um, Setterfield. Okay. Um, and Durham. So probably a three. It's a, uh, so I, you know, I, I think those three, they're, they're helping us a lot in the midfield. But I think they're all, as far as consistency, uh, that's the, the guys that have really impressed me. Um, and then, like, I think it's pretty obvious what we're going to get with Reed. Like, he's a, he's a massive, huge unit of a kid, right? Um, but. Apart from the tallness that he's got, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about what you've seen just with regards to sort of his skills? What's he been doing down back that we think – I mean, apart from being tall. Tall is great, but has he got other strings yeah, to the bow? Yeah, but he's got a decent pair of hands too. So, I mean, he can mark the ball at, at, at the high point, which obviously makes it very uh, – makes it just a unique player in that one because uh, there's not many guys who – He'll play on that are, are even over two hundred and two centimeters. Yeah. So, um, so he just has that ability to outmark. Uh, obviously, if his his nature is very, I won't say laconic, but he's very poised, very kind of he almost graceful. Oddly, at two hundred and five centimeters, but uh, he's really good move of the ball, reads the play really well, so he understands. So, 
we've got a lot of good readers of the play. I think Mackay uh, and Ridley um, and um, uh, Laverde. Nope. <laughs> Redman. Redman. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Andy McGrath. <laughs> my, my brain. I'm having one of those days where my brain is like fried mate, it's today. Saturday <laughs> after a week worth of work. Mate. But yeah, but we've got really good readers of the play, and so uh, yeah, it, it's. It, I think the. Even our theme of the back six has been a huge positive. Uh, uh, You'll probably hear that in the in the uh, interviews as well. We spoke to Mackay yeah. and well, yeah, we do and Andy McGrath and that's the stuff. And they were saying, mate, literally it's, spoke it's to half the back six. Exactly right. So that they, they were saying the 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 level of consistency and the um uh, the pressure for jobs down there, like the yeah, Reedy coming through and Benny Mackay down there now and. Andy permanently down there. So, yeah, interesting. You'll probably hear more about that. So, yeah, the, the back six has been a real positive. I think the the Martin move, I mean, Martin today, man, oh, man, he just moved so well. He was back. Just cut up everyone. So, yeah, he was really, really impressive. Um, and, again, one of the interviews, who did, we, who did we speak to that, I forget which guy it was, um, that said that th- they're confident that if, who are we talking to? We were talking to somebody. That's weird. Oh man, I'm, I'm my, my brain is fried. But what they said, if if um, if uh, he decides he's not going well down at half back, that they can pull the trigger and put him back on a wing. They're, they're not they're not sort of permanently just leaving him down there. Yeah. If yeah. they really need something happening on a wing or there's an issue on a wing, he must be. <laughs> that was me telling you. <laughs> that was, was it me? that was never, that was my feedback on, it an, was on, too. A, on another, on another element which we'll talk to you about in a second. Jeez, I'm, I'm on fire at the moment. Yeah, Scotty told me in something that he'll tell you about in a moment. Um, that yeah, he's not permanently down there for the rest, but he's I think they think of him that highly enough. He's based there, but he can be moved, obviously. Sure. Yeah, they, the, but they think base. of him highly yeah. enough that he can pick up where he left off on the wing if he really if they really need him to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, so look, it was a really good session. Uh, Menzi was strong. Uh, f- I know there's obvious names everyone wants to ask me about. Caddy uh, was being managed. Uh, Menzi going to get in the twenty-two? I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. As the um, starting one of the starting. Yeah, it's it's hard to ignore that he was the second goal leading goal kicker at our club last Good. year. Okay, so it's it, I. What I do like is that his preseason is is a lot better. Uh, as far as fitness, he's a lot faster. So he's, as you'll see him with more speed this year. So he's developed more professional body, ready okay. for the rigors. Um, so I even watched him today. He did a whole lot of defensive stuff, pressure, tackling, just causing a lot of chaos. Uh, but he won the ball quite a lot himself. So so he was really good. Um, good. Langers was by far the best forward in the game in, you know, I actually don't know where Langford's ceiling is quite yet because I know 53 goals is a lot, but it's like he looks really good. But so we, I don't think we should be worried about seeing him in the back line anytime no, soon. No, he's not no. going anywhere near no. it. Uh, no, no, he, he looks really good. Uh, so they were managing Caddy, they were managing Stringer, um, a lot of niggles, just small things, just leading up to the Saints. So they yeah. they, they want to play a lot of games for Saints. So I, I will say today was kind of like a, a three-quarter – it wasn't speed or uh maybe but it it was maybe it was just because it was prior to the family day it felt like their last two weeks were more their internal match practice okay. today was slightly different so don't think there's a negative it was just a different i think it was just like a, a bit of a a touch captain runny oh uh, no more than that more than okay, that yeah okay. no no they they still did match sim stuff but if anyone heard anything or they just wanted someone to be there for round one. Okay, sure. So, so Peter Wright missed, Caddy missed, um, 
uh, Stringer missed. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hobsey was obviously he's got he's got a couple of weeks. We spoke to Tex Wanganine. He said he'll be there about round three. That's his aim. Uh, he's very different looking now, Tex Wanganine. So he's put on. Oh, feels feels like honestly. I, I know this sounds weird, but like ten k of muscle. It, it looks really weird. Like yeah, I didn't even know I was here until he turned around. And went, okay. Oh, okay. It's like a ball of muscle. So. Uh, uh yeah, obviously he's just done a whole lot of upper upper body weights with his foot injury. So um yeah, so there was there was a, quite a few just giving you the context, there was quite a few guys who were just getting managed, just making sure everyone's right. So uh even Ridley just did only did half the session. Draper um did most of the session. It actually looks quite sharp for someone that early. Um uh I'll talk about Draper soon on a separate little issue. Um yeah, so Sheely did his first 10, kind of 15 minutes of match sim. Okay. Uh, uh, so it was really good. Like he came in and one of his very first plays, he actually sprinted his guts out and was able to affect a spoil over to the boundary line and cut off a, an obvious play up the line. And every player on the field just yelled out, you know, just it was it was actually so nice to see the spirit of that. And, Getting behind him. And he had such a big smile and... It was, it was like a welcome back roar. Like it was like, all right, you're back. Round one? Has he got enough for round no, one? No, or, no, I don't think he would have. I don't. Okay. You would you would assume not. I mean, even then he only did like 15 yeah, or 20 sure. minutes. Okay, so. fine. Um, so, yeah, it was a good session. Um, but I, I won't linger on it too much because it wasn't like the previous sessions as, as a little bit. So we kind of go into Saints and Geelong. So uh, I didn't do – so the, during the week when we had the median content day – uh, the club did this last year. I didn't speak on it last year, to be honest, but I kind of feel like now uh, it's a bit of a disservice if I don't. Um, I, I was always, I was always tackling whether I feel like it's a big-headed kind of thing because I don't like to talk. Yeah, no, I, I, excuse me. I don't think you. I don't think you should think of it that way. I think this is this is a good piece of engagement by the club. Yeah, with people like us. I mean, hilariously, I'm about to say that have some sort of decent audience out there, um, level sort of quantity of audience out there to help us understand what's going on at the Essendon Footy yeah, Club, right? So, so that we can speak semi-intelligently on it yeah. for the rest of the season. So what what, what, what are you talking about? Okay, so uh, a, f- a few of us, there was a, a small group of us, I won't say who they were because uh, yep, it's no, not fair on them, them if I name. Yep. But there's a small group of us, you kind of say on the influencers um, uh, uh, maybe on different streams. Social media, pods, yeah, influences, yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Um, so, look, they, they invited myself down um, and then we were in a room and we actually had uh, a presentation and most of the part, a Q&A with Craig Vozzo and Brad Scott. Uh, and, look, it's obviously rare to have that kind of engagement in a small, intimate Essentially environment. Essentially one-on-one, yeah. <laughs> and... and the context is, is, is they just give us um, some understanding of where they feel they're at as a club and they were very strong on us to say what we still want to say on the show. This wasn't now can you – this wasn't an attempt to manipulate or influence, or influence we say, how we yeah. do our show. Yeah. So I want to make that very clear and they made that very clear. This is just for us to get some good context of where – Scott talks to us and says where I think the group's at, what what he thinks, you know, some of his aims this year. Yeah, and priorities. And just to give us a good headspace yeah. um, 
Uh, so I we can have that to, to enrich the show better in some way. But I also think it's a great piece of engagement. Like, you oh, know, yeah. You so. ever wondered... You ever wondered, like, why Brad's doing this or why you don't hear him talk about this or why you hear him talk about that all the time? Well, we, we got a little bit of insight. And yeah. it's, like you said, it's not going to, it's, in, and we're a fan based podcast. We're the, one of the original fan based podcasts. We're not going nowhere on that subject. However, when you hear the club, when the, the two most influential people at the club sit down and say, so off the field, Here's what we're trying to achieve. Here's what we want to do. Here's what the next X period of time looks like. And then on the field, the head coach says, honestly, and I, and I know some of the things you've, you've told me that probably aren't, aren't sort of uh, sort of things you would let rip on a public uh, podcast. He was very open, very honest about where he thought the list was and that. So, so I think I'd, I would take it as a massive positive from the club. Yeah. And we appreciate absolutely being having both of those guys be so candid with us. Yeah, so... Craig Rosso spoke first, uh, spoke really well. Um, uh, just to something that I just saw, which was really interesting. Um, we, they, they took us and walked us through the club and I just at the corner of my eye saw Vozzo in a different area and, and a couple of players walked past him. And I know it's a small thing, but Vozzo said something to him and it was obviously very funny and they're all like hands on shoulders laughing. And, and I, as I was walking through... It just felt like a very uh, – ha- I don't want to say it's happy because we obviously none of us feel that we should be content, but it, it felt like a, a really good spirit club, like everyone was on, a, on an even keel in some ways. Like it was – to see that kind of interaction between players and CEOs very rare uh, and just, you know, how much I could tell the players thought of Craig. You could just see in their body language. So that was really good. Um so he spoke really well. He, he talked about just the goals of the club and um, expanding dream time for AFLW and, and having that a, a bigger game and maybe even up north and just a few things like that and, um, and you know, the importance of the emphasis being on a football program um, more so than a commercial program. Understand commercial is important, but we're probably – you know, coming out of the the saga and COVID where there had to be some emphasis on commercial because you couldn't get around it because you're losing money on both those, both those periods. Now it was, the emphasis was clearly football like the, and, and everything kind of would succeed around if you had a pretty good successful football program. (laughs) Makes sense, right? Uh, So yeah, I was pretty blunt and saying, you know, we've got to start winning games and, you know, we're, you know, on field success matters, and uh, it matters in all all shapes. It matters so. to sponsors. It matters to the amount of money in your bank account. It matters <laughs> matters to the empty premiership case. There, fans on a Monday. Fans on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fans on a Monday equals fans as members at the end of the year and the start of the next year and yeah. stuff. So you'd be lying through his teeth if he didn't say. Yeah, uh, talked about important. the importance of uh, of children um, uh, getting to know the Essendon brand early, so them getting out to them early. So really, you know, it was a really good uh, kind of chat. Uh, Brad Scott then got up um, and, look, he, he was really good. Uh, he, he, it felt like I, I lit, Brad Scott invited me to a similar session last year, so that was more of a I need 12 months of data kind of view. Like, mm. <laughs> uh, So in some ways he gave us a report of what he found from 12 months of data uh, and – you know, it wasn't a broker, you know, it wasn't, it was very obvious in some ways, but he obviously talked about 
uh, maybe the, prof- the professionalism, the standards, the living an AFL lifestyle, when he came, just wasn't there. And he said, "Well, wasn't there to the kind of standard that I think we require? I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the boys still know what they're doing, but yeah, exactly. He wants a an elite standard. Yeah, yeah. As in, as in, he felt like he understood the other programs, which he yeah. was an expert on yeah. in his AFL role. So he said, "Okay, we've got to get up to, and obviously that emphasis being football and development. You know, having that a real program that that." Uh, that got the best out of everyone, that developed leaders, mm. uh, not just your obvious Mac, Merritt and McGrath, and and McGrath yeah. but uh, he talked about the importance of the Redmond and Wrights and Langfords and and having across-the-board leadership being strong leadership. Um, you, you've said that a million times in this pod, that the, the 23 to 27-year-olds taking the next step as right, yeah. leaders at Essendon, right? The Langfords and the parishes and the guys that we got uh, a lot of, a few years ago as high draft picks. Yeah. Langford taking the lead. Peter Wright's more of a senior guy now. Parrish, um, Merritt, McGrath, all those guys, the Laverdes of the world, taking some ownership in the leadership roles as well. Yeah, and, and making their players, players around them accountable. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it was, <coughs> it, was, it was just a really good session. Um, uh, he, he talked about, I was just trying to think of all the things he took. It was actually quite a long session. So it's one of those ones you go, where do I start? Um, but I got the feeling from him, uh, he talks a lot, and you know this in the Jag Noel piece that came out, uh, I think yesterday, that he doesn't talk predictions and that's just not his style. Um, and, and he's a strong believer in that. And that's, I kind of understand that approach as well. Um, uh but he did look us in the face and say, please understand, I'm fiercely competitive and hate losing. And you could see it in his face. It was the Brad Scott face that I think when you hear some players talk, they're terrified of him. And that's yeah, the, it's, that, the, it's, it's like... It, it's it was, universally understood with the Scott brothers, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it was very, very clear that he wanted to win and uh, win every game possible. Um, and But obviously he has that mantra that he doesn't... I think it's foolish to just talk oh, you know, we think we're going to finish here or we think, you know, uh, for him, it's he's so strong on process. He's so strong on going upwards, upwards and upwards and the rest will kind of take care of itself. Uh, and, and developing, I think, developing a, a mental strength in the group was, was important, how to handle big moments, mm. how to be ready for finals when we do make them and make them regularly. Um, so... He talked about the importance of David Rath. Uh, so one thing I really liked was um, they had they you felt like they were kind of talking about re-looking at how they do training, even even from what they did last year. Uh, so David Rath came over and kind of pulled it apart and said, "We're going to do every basically every five minutes counts. Like every drill, it has to have a purpose." to the strength of the list, to the brand you want to do, to the game plan. We're not going to waste one minute. So we're going to identify a training program that makes perfect sense of what we want to do and that and each drill will complement and us get better at how we want to play football. Uh, so he really defined a whole new program that – you know, Brad Scott was kind of saying it's just next level for this club. Like it's just, it is just, it is what it is. It just, it was, it sounded like to me, and this is just my take, 
that Brad Scott felt like David Rath has been one of the most important signings mm. this club has had. Clearly. Um, that align to what Scott wants to do. Um, but then Scott, the, the big factor is Scott had to approach the players and and talk about in. and get the buy-in. Yeah. Uh, and I think the most pleasing part is I felt it was very authentic because he could just tell us anything, but I felt it was very authentic the way he described to us that he genuinely felt this list is is at a far different stage than it was 12 months ago in, in how their mental side is, how they approach their their care and commitment for each other and their buy-in. And uh, it, he had this underlying bullishness about him that you couldn't ignore. Um, it, it's the confidence of success, right? Like he mm-hmm. he's, he's a... He's a confident guy. He's driven by success. Mm. So I don't doubt that he's got that underlying so, about him. Uh, look, we did ask the question on Nate Caddy. <laughs> there was a lot of questions, but I know people love to hear the name. Um, so it was funny. He had a big smile on his face. He didn't mention the name. And I know that, I know that smile because I've seen him do it with Sam Durham. Um, I go, oh, straight away I read, oh, you're a player's favourite. He's a player's favourite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, coach's favourite, sorry. Yeah. And um, so he talked about him, and I think it's a really good context with Nate Caddy because he talked about, you know, St. Kilda, Geelong preseason, you know, 23 rounds, possible finals. He said this is – we're talking 26, 20, you know, 27 games. You have to have, a, as an 18-year-old, fairly key position type oh. player. Um, so he said you, were, you have to understand they're going to be managed – He's going to have to be developed. He's still raw in a lot of areas. Um, so, yes, understand that context and also under, understand the other context, we've got to play it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, so he was, yeah, I could t- you, he was, he said so, um, kind of said he was kind of the extrovert that we needed in our In the forward, forward line. Yeah, that's an interesting line. comment, that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, talked about uh, that. Down the line, he's got that makeup that Scott can see of big game, give me the ball, and I'll try and win the game. Touch a swagger about it. Yeah, yeah. But, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. But does everything in the right way. But uh, Scott, yeah, you could just tell. He, Scott likes him a lot. So, and it's got, good. And not just attitude, but. I think he thinks he's got something here. Yeah, right. got, so, mate, look, you've been talking for a while. Let's let's take a break. Later. No, no, well, we've got oh, to no. go to play interviews because it will be the longest podcast in history. So, oh, I, was look, just, I, th- I thought you just would, you needed <laughs> no, no. a breather. That's cool. Okay, we'll finish it off. I'll, I'll go just a couple of more minutes and then. We'll, okay, cool. Because everyone wants to hear the player interviews. Absolutely, and then that will be the show. So, cool. uh, so yeah, it was. It, look, it was just really good chat. Um, uh, uh, it made me a bit bullish on the year because, uh, but. You know, as Scott and as everyone would say, the players would say, it's still we're playing Essendon versus Essendon and all these yeah, clubs. Yeah, that's exactly right. Where we've got to actually work out what we're like against opposition. So I think there's a fair point that has to be made that we look at Essendon on just a, a very one-eyed view. Yeah. Um, but just think about for a second the Adelaide Crows, young side developing, going up in places. Gold Coast, got Hardwick, young, good, talented side, could go out. So this is as even as comp as you would ever see a comp. AFL loves it. Yeah, yeah. AFL loves it, but the the window of of 5th to 15th is so minute. Yeah. The list is so similar 
in in to fifth to fifteenth probably ranked teams. That health is health means Massive, you need yeah. luck and health. Yes, you need your system to be. We need to be better defensively across the ground. Um, I actually I was going to give a shout out. Sorry, by the way, training today. Dersma Lock Gun, love him. Lock gun in, do yeah. it now, That's yes. That's three weeks in a row. I, I should have mentioned him straight away because he was fantastic today. And he was helping on out, a wing. He was helping out the defenders so much and just cleaning up so much ball. Uh, he's, yeah, he's lock. He's, he's in, in my side every day of the week. On the wing? Yeah, on the wing, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so he's, that's three weeks in a row. That's good enough for me. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Good. Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really exciting times and uh, uh, we'll see what, it's a hard, like I said, it's a hard competition, but we'll see where we go and um, what was it, 11 wins this year? Yeah, I think yeah, it was 11 yeah. wins. So, do you... You would be disappointed with the Gresham and 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 Dersma and McCauley and, and yeah, and, and the health of Reed. If we're pretty healthy, you should be going for thirteen. I think as, oh, a, as a you should be going at least as at least, um, especially because of some of the really. I think, disappointing I think thirteen losses. to fifteen is really hard step. Like I think it's just like this. I always have this thing like you can sneak a thirteen in some years and get seventh. But thirteen to sixteen. You you have to be a really good club. But when we were fifth and we're in the we're in the eight and we were fifth, we were we were flying. If we had have kept that season, sort of, we would have won more than thirteen. But yeah, obviously, yeah, we're probably targeting around thirteen, fourteen still, wouldn't we? Uh, uh, oh, maybe no, maybe maybe like we fifteen. Still, we still beat North. We still beat West yeah. Coast. It was by a point. Like we're yeah. playing badly, but but some of those yeah. some of those losses that we had were just so wildly uncharacteristic. Yeah, yeah, you go, yeah. Well, geez, we could have won that, but geez, we lost real bad. But no, I, I understand where you're coming from. So yeah, re- really, really good season. Um, good day today at the uh, at the family day at the Dons. They do that really well. Um, so yeah, just well, what we'll do is we'll um, we'll kick off the player interviews. This is some of the f- some of the most fun that Scotty and I have ever had. I must say, doing this pod. Um, Andy McGrath, Benny Mackay, uh, Todd, uh, Todd Ridley, Todd Goldstein, and Jordan, <laughs> Todd Goldstein and, Jordan, and Jordan Ridley, who gave me, <laughs> by the way, two massive thank you. I'm going to put it on the pod. A massive thank you uh, to my best mate, Scotty, for getting me a 50th birthday present of a, of a jumper signed by the entire team and handed directly to me by Jordan Ridley. Uh, that's going to – I'm not going to be forgetting that for a good long to, uh, time and that jumper's going to the pool room. Baby. And we've got, a, we've got a very strange photo coming <laughs> Way too. Yeah, we do. We're not even going to tell right, you about gonna, that. Uh, oh, should we just tell them quickly? Just okay. Uh, oh, okay, no, no, no. We're behind it. You watch this. You, you wait for this watch to come this up. Face, yeah. This will freak you the hell out. It's going <laughs> to freak out. It'll so. be it'll be where's Wally? Only where's Scotty and Grantos? Uh, uh, when the photo comes out, it'll blow your mind. All right, Scotty. Yeah, uh, let's so uh, let's head for those um uh, for the player interviews, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, catch you guys. And welcome back to the pod. Now, joining us today uh, is a very special guest on the pod here at the Essendon Media Day, Mr. Andy McGrath. How are you, mate? I'm going well. Uh, pleasure to be on here with you guys. Thank you, mate. Welcome, Andy. Uh, look, exciting to have you. Uh, very quick shout out. My dad's from Mississauga, Ontario. So, <laughs> uh, long live Tim Hortons. Uh, <laughs> so, good to have a fellow Canadian. Uh, look, 
you've obviously started to nestle down on that in that back back line. How, how are you finding the back six settling now with with the Reed and introduction and Mackay coming? Like, how are you finding the rhythm so far in the practice matches? Yeah, firstly, such a small world um, with the <laughs> Mississauga connection. Um, I'm very familiar with that that place and um, some very positive and, and loving memories back there. I've still got family back in and around that area, so I've been there plenty of times since, but very small world. Um, onto, the, onto the footy question, so yeah, it's been awesome to settle down um, in, in the back half of the ground. Uh, I really enjoy playing down there. Um, funnily enough, a lot of my best mates at the football club play down there with me, so it's, um, it's been a really fun pre-season. Obviously, we had a great inclusion of, of Ben Mackay, um, who's just been amazing to play with. He, he's a superstar person. He's a great player and um, we're really looking forward to, to seeing how he structures us up but um, it's it's been a it's been a growth mindset from the backs for the preseason. we're trying yeah. a few different things um, there's been a few different personnel down there at, at any one time but um, we feel like we're starting to settle down and really really steady the ship down in the back half and we're really looking forward to trying it under more pressure and in, in some opposition in the next couple of weeks do you feel like there's genuine even pressure for spots? I know you're pretty much probably closest to lockdown as there is, but you know, the Kane ball one progressing really well. Uh, you've got uh, Hayes coming on. Uh, obviously, you've still got the, the Verdes. You've got, you got so much you got so much talent coming in. You've got the introduction of Martin possibly up half back. Does it feel like it's genuine, like, we're going to have to really perform here? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And to your first point around, safety for spots. I don't think anyone's safe, to be honest. Um, yep. Brad's been very clear about that. It doesn't matter where you were drafted, how many games you played, how old you are. We're picking our best team. Um, and that's really exciting. And I think the mindset of a player can be interesting sometimes. You can sometimes fear away from that and think, nah, like, um, I just want to push everyone away and make sure my spot's safe. But the role of a now senior player is to inspire those young guys to eventually one day take your spot. Um, and that's the sign of a really good club. I think... Um, it's so exciting to see the way we line up in, in a match sim, for example, and look at both teams and think, wow, like there's some really good players on both lines. I don't know how we're going to fit this into 22, 23 players. So it's, it's a problem that we're welcoming um, and we're leaning right into because it's going to make us a better team. Mate, one of the things last year that I, I, I noticed and a lot of fans noticed was just the back line was just under so much pressure constantly, right? Uh, from a fan's point of view, we're ecstatic to see the likes of um, Ben come in. He's, and you're like, he's a massive unit. He's a large boy. Um, but he's going to square everybody up and allow the likes of yourself. I mean, there's, there's roles where you're going to be shutting down on people. There's roles where potentially you can run a little more off. We're really, as fans, are really looking forward to seeing Rids sort of get back to taking a few more run, uh, marks in front of packs and that sort of stuff and watching the likes of yourself and Luan um, and um, Hindy and Lav and all those kind of guys be under slightly less pressure <laughs> or to have some more support around them and be able to do the the really good, talented things that we like to do. Just just from you, uh, from your point of view, when you've been talking to Brad and the coaching staff, what, what are your KPIs this year? What are you what are you looking to achieve this year? Individually or as a team or as a uh, back look, six? I mean, as, as a back six, but yours as well. I mean, if, um, if you yeah. can share them. Yeah, course. yeah, sure. Um, firstly, probably more globally as a defensive unit, uh, I'm talking about team defense here. We we understand that we've been poor in that area for a, a, a fair period of time. Um, uh, you've just been under pressure, man. I, I think the guys down there have been great. You, you, all, mm. you all are a great back six. It just... It just seems like you've been under pressure a hell of a lot. Mm. I, I, I think there's a few elements to that question. I think, um, in, in a sense, yes, we've conceded a lot of inside 50s yeah, and yeah, therefore yeah. we've been under pressure, but uh, we're treating our team defence as a whole team thing. Um, yeah. what, what our forwards do directly impacts 
the pressure that we get put under as backs and, and vice versa if we don't move the ball properly or, or use the ball up the, um, up the ground and allow the forwards to reset it impacts on how they do their job so we, we see team de- defence as a holistic approach and um, there's elements in every single line that we weren't doing very well last year okay. um, and we can improve but in terms of getting Benny in there, um, I've had a few few moments where you're running back scrambling a little bit, as you do as a backman, and you sort of see him just, just clunk a mark, <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think our, our defensive mechanisms will look slightly different, and the way we're defending the ball further up the field mm-hmm. um, is, has been a real focus of ours, and all the best teams in the comp play a forward half game, so we're, we're trying to do the same thing, and in turn, that'll put less pressure on our backs, and there'll still be moments where we're scrambling you'll see a few yeah, crazy course, one-on-ones yeah. that we just have to win which we're training for and we're ready for but um to have a few less of them each game will lead to less goals and, <laughs> and hopefully we play the game in our forward half and we can conserve energy and set the boys up and um put scoreboard pressure and time pressure in their forward half yeah, i noticed uh i go i'm one of those nerds that some sort of go to the saturday practice matches look predominantly it looks like the black team is I would say 80% of probably what you'd see on a, on a round one situation. For me, it seems like the closing down of space um, and the communication being really paramount. Uh, I actually mentioned it. I said it was a little bit Ross Lyon team-like in some ways. What the red team was coughing as far as of lack of space and, and there were a lot of times they had to rush their kicks or, or kick long just for, out, of, out of hope. Uh, is that kind of the... I'm assuming that's kind of the goal, but... How, how are you seeing that tracking? Because it looked like it, for me, I've been talking on the show again, it looks like it's tracking quite well, even though it's Essendon versus Essendon, mm. uh, which we always have to yeah. caveat. But uh, yeah. but it seems like the, the closing of space and the lack of space and the cramping, mm. um, and it seems to be something that's working quite well so far. Yeah, it's been something we've, we've been trying to improve upon. Um, I, I think, again, like it takes all 18 players in the field to execute something like that. And, yeah, yeah. and to your point around... Um, it's hard to gauge where we're at, really, when we're playing each other. We know what the other team's <laughs> trying to do. Yeah, um, yeah. We throw in a few random scenarios here and there, but um, we feel like we're implementing the stuff that we're trying to out there. Um, obviously, it's a work in progress this time of year, and you, you're figuring things out, and you're learning, and there's frustration, there's anger, there's um, <laughs> there's a lot of vision that we're watching right now, and um, that's the fun part of this time of year. Like we, We're super excited to test it against St Kilda in a couple of weeks, and then Geelong again, yeah. and um, even throughout the season, we're not a finished product. We're, we're always sort of heading towards where we want to be and um, we're really open to walking into that frustration and trying to get better because that's where you improve. You need to flow with a line of frustration and success um, to become better, but it is a focus. We're trying to put teams under more pressure than we have in the past. The four free agencies coming in, uh, there's no doubt we had probably a gap of experience and, and youth and probably a bit too much. That 23 to... 25-year-old gap was probably just needed to fill in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've obviously, you know, getting the Gresham, who's been fantastic, by the way, mm. uh, but getting these guys in, does it feel like you look at the whole the list and go, gee, the depth is just probably at such a better point now that even if we do have that five, six injuries, we've got mm. really capable people ready to go knowing the system. Is that how you – that's how I sense anyway. I go, this just feels like a more mature 
experience so just off one off season in some ways yeah I think the the recruits we got have been amazing like the, the four players we got in from free agency and, and our draftees included yeah. um, all look capable of playing AFL footy this year which is pretty amazing yeah. um, so when you add in I guess eight nine new players that could all play um, it's a really good problem to have and <laughs> you even look around at um, you spoke about the red and the black team in our match sim and um, how competitive those games have been a lot of those players in both teams have played AFL footy, um, have got yeah. AFL experience and have played a lot of games of AFL footy. So bringing in four guys who have played a lot of footy, know what it takes, are all professional, um, really want to be here to play and improve, um, it, it's just a great thing for our footy club. And I, I think the sign of a really good team is to have, one, a really healthy list, but yep. two, a really good VFL team. And yep. I, th- I hope, touch wood, where we're going to have both of them um, because we've got a lot of players who could probably 30, 35 players who could play AFL. Absolutely. Yeah, the reality is that yeah. 23 will play, but um, having guys that are ready to go, that are knocking down the door um, to take all of our spots is amazing. Speaking of which, you, you see the, the reports and Scotty's at, the, at the, the games and stuff. From your point of view, apart from your good self, who's lighting up the track? <laughs> um, I'm always tempted to n- not give a truthful answer here to not put pressure on people. Oh, but, really? Um, Oh, there's Sammy a lot of Durham, man. Like we, we're watching Sammy Durham lead um, the time trials and that sort of <laughs> stuff. Man, he looks fit as hell. Yeah, Sam. Sam's one that I've I've lived with Sam for a, okay. a couple of years. Um, I love him to bits. He's like a brother to me. He's uh, he. I don't think he realizes how good he could be okay. yet. So I'll talk about him for a little All bit. Right. But he obviously, like you said, he's won both time trials. Yeah. Um, he's put on muscle and also shed his, his yeah. skin for like he he's he looks fine. in amazing condition and. Um, we keep pushing him to try and break more boundaries. Like, I just don't think he understands how good he could be. Um, he's got attributes that no one in our team has that minimal people around the league have with the, the power and the yeah. endurance that he yeah, possesses. Yeah, yeah. And, and his ability to mark the ball overhead and win contests too is just phenomenal. So I'm really excited to see him develop. I think um, he'll play a little bit more inside mid, which we haven't seen before. Um, and nice. obviously he'll still slot in on his wing and do his thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, he's one to look out for, I think. It's been well documented, but Nick Martin's training really well at the moment. Um, he's finding his feet. He's getting more confident with his voice. And um, I think he feels like he really belongs in this team now. And we're empowering him to do do the things that he does because they're amazing. But there, there's so many guys I could mention. Every, everyone's training really well. Um, big Zach Reed, I have a lot to do with in the back half. And um, he's just going from strength to strength. I think he grows a centimetre every day. I, I sort of joke about <laughs> it every so time. Tall, um, he's very large. <laughs> I say to him, like, you're taller than both of our rucks, but we do not want you in there. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, speaking of rucks, mm. is, um, is uh, Sam and, uh, and um, Nick just attached to Goldie's hip? Like, just, mate, tell me anything <laughs> and, any, and everything that 300 games brings. It's a bit like that. Um, I sort of couldn't believe when we when we got Goldie yeah, over the same. line. I, I heard a little bit about it, but um, I thought, oh, like there, there might be more enticing offers elsewhere. Um, but I was super excited when he when he picked us and Brad worked his magic, which is amazing. I bet but he did, yeah. To have a guy of his calibre with his experience, but also what he's doing on the training track right now, you'd think he's 25. Like, he's running around refreshed and he's teaching – all of our lists, not only our rucks, a lot about how to play the game. Where to be? Anyway, I, was, I made a joke, and I don't want to talk this up, but I made a joke. Is that he could win Darcy Parrish or Brownlow? <laughs> the way I'm watching match practice at the mm. moment, because <laughs> the, the tandem is like quite quite amazing. So, how are you seeing this year? Like, I don't. I, I get the sense Scott's not a we want to place here kind of. We want to be fifth or seventh. Mm. He wants continued improvement. Is yep. that? 
Is that realistically what the message is coming to you guys about 2024 and consistency? I think it's boring, but but it is. like The best teams are boring, and, and we want to be one of them. Um, like I said before, whether we win round one, lose round one, win round 15, like that stuff... Like it matters, but at the end of the day, it doesn't. Like you, you want to continually improve, and in that growth sort of continuum, you'll have weeks where you're horrible. You'll have weeks where you're really good. Yeah. And I just think we we really want to avoid getting swayed by either of those, um, yeah. and yeah. stick our course. And Brad's been really clear on the expectation he have he has on us and and where we want to get to. But um, we're aware that that takes time. But um, by no means am I saying it'll take five years. Hopefully, it happens this year. But, yeah. 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 Um, we're, we're super process driven right now and that's all we're really focusing on and that starts from what, what we're doing today what we're doing next five yeah, minutes yeah. like it every opportunity is an opportunity to get better um, yeah. and Brad's really honed that in on us and the boys are really buying into it which is exciting and when we sort of talk to the um, the fans and people at, um, at the footy and that sort of stuff they sort of say we, we want to be good now we want mm. to be good we want to be great now we want to mm. win flags right now yep. would I be right in saying that sure there's We've got experienced guys come on the list, none, none more than Goldie and Gresh, and, and you're more experienced, and mm. we've got what appears to uh, mm. us as a more settled back line and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Parrish is flying. Everybody's flying, right? Mm. Would I be right in saying that expectations for this year is we'd love to win a flag, but the expectations, like you just said, is continuous improvement, not the the win by 35 and then the loss by 75, mm. that consistent improvement over the year. Is mm-hmm. that what sort of – is that the message that we said? Yeah, I, I think fans? that's the goal, absolutely. Um, and – I think the exciting part about that is it doesn't put a ceiling or a floor yeah. on, on what yeah. you can and can't achieve. Um, and I, I think in our industry, it's really easy to be seduced by results and ladder position. And for us, it's really hard. Like, it's everywhere. People talk about it. <laughs> your mates love it. Your family love it. So it can be really challenging at times to escape from the result-based um, life that we sometimes are consumed by. But the importance of what we do is um, we've got to front up Monday and get better regardless of how the weekend went. Um, mm. The weekend should be... I guess a, not a summary of the week but the weekend's the outlier what you do Monday to Friday and what we're putting in place is what we can control the weekend's uncontrollable for us to an extent sure. um, if the opposition plays extremely well and we get beaten by 60 but we execute what we want to that's, that's a tick for us if we execute poorly um, because we're complacent from the week before that's a massive cross so we're, we're just trying to be really consistent and, and grow every day as well as our performances and so from a podcast point of view like we, we love the wins like everybody mm. else does love the wins from a podcast point of view when we're reviewing the, the games in our expert knowledge mm. when we're reviewing the games right <laughs> should we as a podcast be we love the wins we want to focus on the wins but should we as a podcast be trying to glean improvement like you just said sort of on the back 50 that there's more marks being taken that the mids are doing their job it's less sort of should we be looking at that as well and, and trying to to be fair to you guys mm. oh it's a hard question like you guys got to do your job too um and wins and losses are more exciting than growth and improvement don't get me wrong no, but, but, true, but if, um, we can, if we can start to say listen guys we didn't win the game right but mm. there was andy looked great because x and y or that sort of stuff but i just think we're trying to grow as a podcast as mm. well and it's, as much as wins and losses and everybody likes that sort of stuff it'd be interesting to see that if we can try and concentrate on the areas of the ground that we can see mm. where things have improved, where things maybe KPIs yeah, you are may, You may lose 80 to 65, but, mm. the, but the 80 is actually a, yep. a, a mark that you go, well, transition, defence mm. and everything we're trying to do. We didn't, yeah, we, yeah. Nothing, nothing went right today, but mm-hmm. there's another aspect to the result that we've got to hold on yeah. to when mm. we know we keep getting better and better. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point, and I, I think the more, like, you guys know your footy, so the more sophisticated that... that 
the responses are to wins and losses would be massive for fans. They get a yeah. massive insight into that. Um, and I, th- I think focusing on areas that historically might not have been great at. So if you, you use team defense or the way teams transition the ball on us, for example, yeah. um, we may lose a game, but we may have lost that game by a lot more last year because that wasn't as good. So say Collingwood beat us. Um, I don't know when we play them round seven or whatever, but no, it's not going to happen. But we ex- we're not going to lose. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Uh, not again. <laughs> no way. Um, <no>, uh-uh. <laughs> but they play out of their skin. It's like you know what? Like hats off to you guys. Yeah, we that, we that threw our best shot, game. Yeah. Um, and you guys played better today. But nine times out of ten, we're just going to keep coming. And unless you're really, really impressive on the yeah, day, you have to do that. If every you drop time. your level, yeah. we're going to get you. Okay. Um, Does Scott mention a team like the Pies? Uh, and I'm not putting down Collingwood, mm. but if you actually went just to their list and you go, I actually said at the start of the year, I said they were probably about fourth or fifth best list, mm-hmm. but the buy-in from all players on that field is what is what makes the difference. Mm. Is that something that Scott mentions when you see a side win a grand final and saying, this is how they actually did it. It's actually just the buy-in across the whole ground that actually made them propel maybe a, a slightly more talented Lions, you, you could say. I think you see it year after year. Like You look at the premiership team and you think... Oh, they were amazing this year, but there's probably 10 other clubs that have a list demographic or a team yeah. on paper that looks very similar. Um, so I, I think it all comes down to the mental side of the game and how you can get all players playing for each other. Um, it's a really complicated game in the fact that we have 18 players, 22, 23 actually, that have to work. That have to work in synchrony and, yeah. and strive for the same thing. And, and credit to Collingwood this year, they had guys playing in the VFL like John Noble at the heartbreak story of the grand yeah. final but even the way he responded to that and the way he got around his teammates the way his teammates got around him like it just showed real team spirit yeah. um, and it's something we're definitely trying to build and you look at a team like Collingwood this year and you think wow like we want to be like that um, and it's natural if you everyone looks at the premiers and tries to pick little pieces but in a nutshell everyone's very even in talent everyone's very even in age you look at the average AFL ages one to two years apart from the from the youngest to the oldest. Yep. Um, everyone's got a similar amount of draft picks based on the equalisation system in the AFL. So everyone's very even. And the differentiator is obviously um, what's, what's in your mind and how you can come together as a team. So I think things can change and happen really quickly, but it does require full buy-in, like you mentioned. Yeah. Mate, I'm a massive fan of Hebs, but how old is the man? <laughs> like, Hebs, Hebs old, but... He's still running around, and like over his last couple of seasons, man, 25, 26 possession average. Is that is that 80 percent up here, and then 20 percent the bod, or does uh, it transition? I mean, you're, you're young, fit he, bloke. He he does laugh. He says, "My decision making. As soon as that goes, I'm done because <laughs> I've lost a bit of speed over time." But um, credit to him, like he he's had a rough. Well, since I got there, he was other than my first year, he's had some rough injuries, and yeah. I think it's easy for the public to forget that, like. He's battled with some things that a lot of people would struggle to get out of bed for, and he, and let alone, he rocked up and he yeah. was playing decent footy yeah, and, man, and good absolutely. footy. Um, so he's he's been dealt a rough a rough hand, but it's amazing to see him now. Like his body feels really good, his mind's really clear. Um, he looks like he's 22, 23 yeah, and running around. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think he's just really enjoying his footy. He's putting no pressure on the expectation of performance and. Um, He's just really loving being out there and, and giving himself to the boys. And he's such a valuable member of our team. And um, he just sort of glues everyone together. He, he's a massive idol of mine. And um, sort of from the day I walked into the club, he's a guy that I just looked at and said, I want to be like him one day. And um, I tell him that all the time now. And he, he, he likes that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but last, sorry, last question no, no, before no we go. On leadership yourself, like your vice 
uh, and Merritt's captain. Merritt seems like on the track pretty strong mm. uh, and lead by example also mm-hmm. a little bit. What do you two both speak on this this off season about how you want to do leadership and what did you, what did you both learn from last year? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, obviously, with Dyson stepping down last year, he left a, a big hole um, that Zach and I tried to fill, but a hole left by Dyson's a, a very hard hole to fill. Um, but lo- like you said, Zach and I are very different in the way we approach leadership. Um, Zach's very direct and um, leads by example. Um, I, I'd say I do similar, but um, I've, I've grown probably more the direct side of my leadership in this off-season. Yeah. Um, I connect with people really well, which is probably one of my main strengths and um, feel really comfortable around all of our playing group and, and want to help as much as I can. Um, and combining that with a little bit of an assertive edge to, I'm finding it's really helpful for, for our teammates, but we constantly lean on each other. We talk about yeah. everything footy-wise. Um, and without giving away too many secrets, um, our, our conversations are really productive and, and beneficial yeah. and, and very solution-based. So we sort of don't talk for the sake of it, but when there's something to be addressed, we'll, we'll nail that. And it feels like even just across the board, you can see Langford and Redmond and other guys being quite vocal yeah. uh, mm. and okay to say, hey, uh, I won't say the player, but I, you know, there's sometimes we play. Hey, you're a bit ball watching there, or where mm. you, why, why you set up defensively there? Uh, <laughs> Said slightly differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it's it's really good to see that that kind of group of leaders coming through, that have, you can tell it's a respectful way of accountability. Mm. Like we know each other, but hey. Yeah. If we're going to get this right, you need to be over there. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's a that's a massive part of Zach and I's role. Um, as like, I don't like using the term official leader, but um, as captain and vice captain, it's our job to make the club a more leaderful club. Like, yeah, we need to inspire players to to lead. Um, like I said before about developing younger players, like at, at some point in time, we need other people to stand yeah. up and, and fill those yeah. spots. And um, yeah. the more people you have willing to and, and feeling comfortable to do stuff like that, and the guys you said, Mason, Pete Wright, Kyle Langford, like they're they're just as much leaders yep. as Zach and I, um, and they would be fully capable to do the roles that we're doing. But um, the more people we have like that jumping on board, the more powerful our team will be and, and the better we'll be, hopefully. Absolutely. Well, mate, yeah. I, I hate to say we have to wrap it up. Uh, we've, we've got probably a couple of other players to interview. I can't believe we're going to wrap up an interview with Andy McGrath. <laughs> mate, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, and also for the club for, for giving us access to you. So I know from all of the fans and all the, the listeners Lunch on Catch-Up podcast, we're really looking forward to watching the boys again this season. Like I said, last last the end of last season didn't go the way we wanted to probably. But... You'd always get to this sort of time of year and you see the new guys come in and you see the roles and you see the, the progression, like you said, and we're all in, mate. All the, all the supporters are going to be all in. We will be there <laughs> yeah. day one um, cheering us loud. So, mate, thank you very much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Back thank you. us in. Mate, our second guest today um, is, I'll be coming out and say it as a 50-year-old male, my absolute favourite player at the Essendon <laughs> Footy Club, Mr Jordan Really, uh, Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, joining us, mate. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Jordan, uh, look, it's the first time we've ever spoken to you, so this is a, a real pleasure. If you, I don't know if you've ever listened to our show, but you're one of those ones that we kind of rave about. And uh, just thank goodness that you came to our club and, and we drafted you. Uh, it's obviously been a, a bit of a change in, in the in the back six, or maybe the makeup. Ben McKay comes on on board. Uh, it looks like Nick Martin's going to play half back. Reedy's <laughs> as tall as a building. <laughs> Reedy's. Feels like he's he's back and his injuries are starting to settle. He's he's still probably growing, knowing. But uh, it looks like you've got a much more settled kind of view of how your your backline may look. 
um, given given that spots are pretty tight with Baldwin and everyone else going to try to fight. How are you finding the the mix going in this practice match? I know you've been a little bit out the last month, but how are you finding just uh, the mix coming along? Uh, no, I'm really enjoying it. I think, uh, as you said, there's quite a few new faces down there at the moment, um, and it's been really exciting. I think uh, sort of the way it's structuring and set up at the moment, sort of a group of guys who complement each other really well and have uh, very different strengths, each player. So, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying playing with, with those guys you mentioned, and, um, yeah, hopefully it sort of gels throughout the year. So how does Ben Mackay influence your game at all do you feel like where previously we've probably had more it's more been due to injuries in some ways but do you feel like you're a little bit back to your intercept kind of role um you've been a lot of one-on-one and that and that's always going to still be a factor in defense but do you feel like your strengths come more into play with the with the reed and Mackay taking those kind of monsters uh yeah i think there's definitely the potential for that i think at times obviously there's some really good forwards in the comp who <laughs> yes. play as third tools and I'm going to have to play yep. uh, more of a one-on-one role in them as well. But um, I think, to be honest, I think all three of us will help each other a lot. Um, I think, obviously, Ben coming over has got a wealth of experience and played quite a bit of footy now. But um, I'm, th- I'm hoping that hopefully I'll be able to help him and, and he'll be able to help me as well. And um, hopefully we can play our best footy together. Yep. One of the things I'm really looking forward to this season is the delivery out of the back line. I think you're you're one of their be- the best kicks in the in the team. Um, Reedy looks his left foot, right foot, all good things. Um, and we've Martin, got yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Martin heading down there. He's great by foot. Is there a is there a <coughs> excuse me? Is there a focus? I mean, Hindy Lawman, Lawal Lawman, Andy McGrath. <laughs> that's so hard to do. I knew I was going to stuff that up. Um, and Andy and those boys can run the ball. Um, and uh, and Red is another can run the ball out as well. But we're really looking from from supporters. We're really looking forward to seeing how the ball is going to be delivered out of the back line. Um, um, the likes of yourself and um, and Redders and those kind of guys have been have shown us that you can be composed in the back line, which is great. Um, is that been a focus on how the ball's delivered out of the back line? Uh, I think yes, but I think and again you sort of focus on that every year. Um, I think certainly having Mato down there, if if he does end up staying there throughout the year, will help us. He's obviously a <laughs> absolutely elite kick, yeah. and um, yeah. that'll definitely help. I think Redders though as well. Uh, you've seen sort of the improvement he's had over the last yeah. two or three years and. Um, I'm, yeah, hopefully he can keep stepping up and, and really uh, embrace that side of the game for us. Beautiful. Now that you're kind of uh, not in the old bracket but the experienced bracket, not that nice middle, you know, when, when you get that kind of Scots message that flowed through the media and probably through to us about AFL lifestyle and how, how did you take that and, and as an overall group feel like you all took that message to go into the pre-season. Some obviously went to Arizona. Some had their own programs. It felt like everyone's come back probably the best I've seen in my time watching training. How did you take that personally as far as are you guys... It's almost like a message like, are you really just settling now for 10th and 8th or are we actually going to really, really grow and tackle it as far as the, the top six clubs are tackling it and reinventing themselves? Uh, yeah, I th- obviously I really got behind the message I thought it was something that um, probably needed to be said and um, I do as you said I think majority of the boys have really embraced that well and um, it's been a really positive pre-season for the most part um, I think there's a lot of guys who um, probably have taken a big step up like you watch I don't know how much of training you've seen but obviously Sam Durham's <laughs> one who's taken a big step forward he's yeah. especially in his running yeah. and 
Um, he won both time trials, I think, so um, that's a big one. But I think a lot of the uh, that sort of younger bracket who are um, probably starting to step into being a little bit more experienced and played sort of 30 to 70 games have really taken a big step forward, I think, um, in the way they prepare. And I think that's only going to be a real positive for us going into the year. As a backman, uh, probably about three weeks ago, uh, Nate Caddy had himself a bit of a session. <laughs> do you, as a defender, stood on someone. How do you, you know, is that a, how do you see that? In, in what do you think you're seeing in Nate as a defender? Because I, I see a guy who's just constantly on the move, quicker than I thought he would be. But what are you seeing in his game that you go, gee, in a couple of years this is pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I think he's just a really unique matchup. I think um, if you put a smaller guy on him, he's probably going to be too good in the air. But if you put a taller guy on him, obviously, as you've said, he's, he's pretty quick and good at ground level as well. So um, obviously, uh, at this stage in his career, he's still very raw and um, very inexperienced. He's still um, probably got some work to do in terms of his body, um, just getting a bit physically stronger to play that key forward role. But um, I think he's got a lot of tricks other than that for now yeah. um, that he can, as you said, take big hangers or um, just with his feet find, find ways to um, really hurt the defence. So I think he's really exciting. I haven't um, unfortunately played in him too much yet, but... I'm um, looking forward in it the coming like weeks. It looks like he embraces tackling and, and, and that, all the, the one percenters as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, from what I've seen, his forward pressure has been really good as well, which is um, something that we really value, as I'm sure probably <laughs> the 17 other clubs value. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think he's a really exciting player and one to watch for sure. Mate, we asked Andy, uh, asked Andy a question just before Andy McGrath, um, a question just before about what message uh, Brad Scott's given you and... Are there any sort of KPIs for yourself or for the club that you're concentrating on? Is there, is there any sort of personal KPIs or sort of for that back six that you could share with us, obviously? Because yep. Andy made a point of, and I sort of asked him the question of, sure, wins and losses, everybody loves them, right? Supporters, yep. we love them. But we were sort of wondering whether or not as a podcast we can try and, when we, when we talk about the club, we talk about the game and everything, can we talk about any sort of areas that the players would like us to concentrate on, i.e., yeah. yeah, look, okay, we got beat, right? Transition but D. Transition yeah, D yeah. looked better because we had this and because we had some some uh, some good grouping in here, man. The side was better on the day. That's fine. But is there anything that you can sort of help us out with? What, what should we be looking for? Uh, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> we can edit that out. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, well, from a personal point of view, um, yeah, the focus this year really is just been getting my body right. Obviously, okay. last year I had a few issues with that. Um, missed the sort of the back end of the year and, um, as you mentioned, a little bit of the last few weeks of pre-season. So I'm just trying to um, just stay out there, really, at okay. the moment. Um, so that's probably the main thing from a personal point of view. Um, from a um, sort of holistic team point of view, yeah. obviously, um, as Andy said, like wins and losses are... Everyone loves looking it's at great. them and yeah. it's probably the easiest way to measure, but it's also something that we don't necessarily look at too closely. I think um, we've really moved in the last few years, especially to being really process-driven and just worrying about what we can control. He said the same um, thing. Yeah, yeah, which is, um, well, it's good that we've got the yeah, absolutely. same message. <laughs> That's um, message. I don't want to delve too deeply into it. Um, no, 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 of course there's not. there's obviously some in-house stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, from our point of view, it's just trying to be a reliable team that plays a similar and recognisable brand every week. And um, if we can get that process right, hopefully that... Uh, puts the win-loss ledger in our favour. And if you can, if you can't say this, just nod. Um, <laughs> what he basically said was, is you want to have that consistent growth. 
like I sort of mentioned to him, you don't want to win by 35 one week and then lose by 75 the next, right? Or then win, loss, win, loss. That nice sort of, there's going to be some dips. Absolutely, there's going to be some dips. <laughs> and he's, that's all right, mate. That is perfectly okay. And there's going to be some dips, absolutely. Like every AFL side goes through it, right? But there's going to be some dips. But you're, you, you're looking for that sort of consistent growth and improvement each week. If you get beat by a team that, uh, this week, Andy sort of mentioned, you come back on Monday, and it's your responsibility to address it, understand it, and then try and improve on it week by week. And would I be right in saying that when you do that, maybe the message is when you sort of try to improve week by week, the wins will be a result of that improvement? Oh, absolutely. That's definitely the way I see it. Okay, I think, um, yeah, those those little wins compound over time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the aim is obviously to become a really dangerous team and a team that's consistently competing. But um, until then, it's just focusing on our process and, really trying to perfect that and once we do hopefully that ends up being where we are awesome where is your body at uh is is it close to being able to do match kind of simulation where how far away are you oh no very close now um i'll probably start work i think i'll train tomorrow pretty much fully um, and sort of start working into it over the next few weeks um so yeah i'll be all good for the start of the year just a really cautious sort of approach is there there confidence in a weird way just looking at the general health of the group because We've probably been a team that has quite a few injuries over the past years. Just bad luck, to be honest. But at this very big touch wood (laughs) at the moment, it just feels like when you're watching Matcham, you go, gee, there's only like four guys over there on the rehab group where um, sometimes it's been eight to 15. Does it feel like you're like, okay, we're going into the season pretty healthy. You've got the four acquisitions or the free agency. You've got a lot of experience coming in. So at the moment, like you go, this is the hardest round one team I've ever had to pick. And I, I, I someone who's out, and I, I won't mention names. You go, how is that person out of the side right? when I'm trying to do? Like, good luck, Brad Scott. But is there, is there confidence in the health of the group at the moment? I think so. Yeah, I think it's obviously a real positive. Um, there's no secret that the healthier list you have, the, yeah. the yeah. better chance you have at winning games. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's a real positive for us. And as you said, hopefully it stays that way. Uh, it'd be nice to have no one in rehab, but unfortunately it's just part of the game. Um, but I think, as you said, there's some real quality depth um, this year that potentially we haven't had for a while. And, um, yeah, I'd certainly envy Scotty's job uh, for round one picking the side. Are you amazed how Jay Gresham has, 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 has come so quickly? I, I don't know about you, but when I watch, I, I keep saying on the podcast, I go, Jay Gresham was just fitted in so comfortably. Maybe because like he went steel. to Arizona and, and had it was a really smart way of getting that connection with at least 14, 15 guys. But it just seems like he's just straight away fitted in like he was played here last year. Uh, have you kind of seen, like even Dersmer as well, just the acquisitions are not just guys who have played five or ten games. You can tell these are proper season footballers. Oh, certainly. I think it was a real positive, obviously, having Jade over in Arizona. It um, sort of gave us a chance to get to know him a bit better, and um, I was really impressed with the way he worked over there, even. Um, that was something that really stood out to me, but I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a real positive sort of having those guys that are um, quite experienced, and they're already already ready to go. Um, it's going to add a lot to our, our group, all, all four of those um, sort of trades we had last year, and um, yeah, so it's exciting. Mate, just speaking to one of the last questions, we've got to wrap it up. Um, the which oh, is annoying, but that's right. Um, what do you take? What did you take from Arizona? Like, I know you're in sort of an elite training facility. They look like they put you through the ringer. Um, do you want to like? Is there something that you can take back and use here, or is it maybe when you're sort of running around the block or something just by yourself? 
Uh, certainly something that we've tried to implement here. A lot of the stuff we learnt. Um, it was actually the third time I've been to that place now. Okay, cool. Um, and so I think, yeah, me and Andy went a few years ago together and found it really positive. Um, yeah. But I think for me, um, one of the reasons I loved it was because I'm a, a NFL bit of a nuffy, yeah. like love it. So Same um, yeah, Same so yeah, great to sort of <laughs> see how they go about it. But also I think um, just to have a look at sort of different things that people do around the world and what different sports do and um, there's certainly some things we've been able to take back here and um, hopefully that'll it seems hold to a be single set. aerobic and, and kind of like power sprinting and aerobic it's not because I, I think mm. there was a false thing that like people going to Arizona like it was it was purely just fitness based but it was actually just the techniques of like NFL players speed burst aerobic is that that's how I read it anyway just is that how is that kind yeah, of thing? yeah yeah I was certainly it was probably almost the opposite of the aerobic fitness sort of base it was certainly the um the speed powers the stuff that they do better than anyone in the world and obviously yep. you watch their sport that's all they really have to train for um yep. so and it's probably something that um, in AFL, potentially, there's a, um, a little window there where you can sort of get an advantage. So yeah. um, that, was, that was the thinking behind it, basically, to just do something different and sort of look at what the best do and try and emulate it. Well, mate, we've got to wrap it up. Um, we're, we really hope that Arizona does uh, a lot for you this season and the rest, of the, uh, the rest of the players. Mate, thank you very much for joining us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Cheers. Beautiful. Thanks, Jordan. Us joining us for another guest of the Essendon uh, Footy Club Media Day, Todd Goldstein. Welcome, Todd. Thank you for having me. Mate, I can't tell you how excited we are that you're at the club. Uh, it's probably something we've asked for for a long time. Age 35, fine, it happened, but it better late than never. I'm actually curious, I'm going to start off with a bit of a left field one. Uh, the AFL just recently introduced a new change to the ruck rule. Did that favour you at all? Um, well, it's obviously only new. We only found out about it about three or four days ago. So, okay. so when it came out, That's we sort of, we, yeah, we, we sort of heard it was on the cards, but they didn't give us a lot of information until the other day. So I think, I think it might. I'm hoping it brings in a bit more ruck craft to yep. this. So it might make it a little bit trickier for the pure jumpers. Um, so I think maybe the ruck craft and the the, the stronger not as jumpy Ruckman I think might be able to exploit it a little bit more um, but I'm hoping, so I'm hoping I can use this my favourite that's for sure Absolutely. Fantastic now historically Essendon's been a side that's not too bad at centre bounces probably stoppages around the ground it's, it's been quite weak at that's where I see your strength being really applied here how you know how I guess have you gone about that and do you find yourself also mentoring Brian and, and Drapes on that kind of area? Yeah, I mean, I, probably not that specifically. I, you know, I see my role coming in as a senior player is to try and play good footy first first and foremost, yeah, but great. also yep. try to try to teach them. And, you know, I think both of them are incredibly talented. Even Big Vigo is, is looking yeah. like he's a very talented player. And it's just about trying to help refine them and, and teach them the nuances that i picked up over, what, going to 18 years now. Uh, I, I was very, I, they remind me a lot of myself. I was very raw when I got here. I, I had a lot to learn. I probably hadn't played a lot of footy, so I didn't know a lot about what I was doing. And, it's all been learned so hopefully I can sit down with them go through vision and, and yeah try and point stuff out and hopefully refine them into the players that they're going to be Mate, without concentrating too much on your age we've been watching some of the practice matches you're running around like a kid it, it looks good <laughs> now I probably I assume there's a lot of recovery that goes on with that but 
I mean, the question I've got to ask is that: Do you really focus on that now? Is that a is it a big part of your of the way you prepare yourself for football? For football is much more about the um, the recovery after games because it, it looks great. I mean, 18 years, man. Like I know that's you've, you, hear, you hear it all the time, but that's a long time playing footy, um, and for you to be coming in and actually um, still competing at an AFL level is great for the Essendon Footy Club. And I assume Drapes and, and Brian and those guys are attached to your right hip if they're smart, um, but. Is that really a big focus for you nowadays, the, the the recovery side of things? Yeah, I mean, it probably it's probably once the games start, the season starts. Yes, obviously the okay. training tape is back, and your recovery has to then ramp up. But for me, it's always been about how I prepare my body for each season. You know, I'm very very lucky that my wife is a huge supporter, and she's been an athlete. She's done exercise science, so she helps write my programs and oh, helps wow. helps helps me train That's the cool. off season. Yeah. So I'm very lucky that I've got that support at home as well as the the great staff we've got here and, and I had at North as well it has allowed me I think just that training age and the amount of work I've put in reaps the rewards of that so I feel really good mentally I feel really refreshed coming here to a new environment and have loved it so far and I think that helps gives you a little bit more boisterous and a little bit more exuberance about how you go about things but my body I think is just about the amount of work I've been able to put in and continue working I enjoy I always said to myself I'll retire when I don't want to do the work in the off season, I don't I don't enjoy that side. Whereas, yeah. when as soon as the season finish, I'm I'm already planning for yeah. what my pre- off season looks like and how I'm going to prepare myself for for the next coming year. And that's that's I think held me in good stead, especially the last five or six years. That's commonly known as professionalism. I think that's what that is. <laughs> I'm curious, 18 years at North, is there a sense in a weird way, even even though with your experience of like nerves of just coming to a whole new program, system, culture. Like, oh, abs- what abs- am I going to, what am I expecting here? Like, abs- I mean, like, it's been a long time since the first year, but I assume my, especially my first few weeks was very much about not knowing where you fitted in, trying to work out all the different personalities. And, and yeah, yeah, and you take for granted things like walking in and knowing pretty much every staff member's name, whereas here you're walking, I have no idea who anyone is. <laughs> so yeah. like, the, you do take those things for granted, but... It's also, I think everyone's been so welcoming that I couldn't have asked for a better start to, to my career here. And I think the way the group and the, the staff has really welcomed me has, has made me feel really comfortable. And those probably nerves you felt in the first couple of days that quickly went away. And I, I feel really comfortable and feel like yeah, this is meant to be. What do you talk, uh, yourself, Brian and, and, and Drapes and, and Vigo, what do you talk about the balance between forward craft and ruck craft? Because... Scott traditionally with Essendon is pl- like to play two rucks when he can, uh, and that means uh, a Draper or a last year um, uh, Phillips. Phillips, thank you. There we go. Uh, would rotate a little bit forward, or uh, so. Is that something that you feel like is going to happen? And uh, say maybe initially you and Drapes, or do you feel like? Oh yeah, I mean I, I hope it is because I, I hope we can play. Sure, I mean you're selected, uh, and I think yeah, <laughs> and I think I think we can be a. You know, the three of us can be a really dangerous combination. I think you'll see iterations of all three of us together yep. throughout the year. I think that's going to be really important. for My job is to come in and protect as well the other guys and try and let them get through to the absolute primes with their bodies in as good as Nick as they can. And you know, if that means I get bad and bruised for a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, that's the role I'm willing to yeah. take on. And so yeah, we'll play a little bit playing forward, yeah. And I, I look forward to, to learning a bit more and working more on that craft. We look forward to some grabs um, too, mate. We but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think... But I think all of us are, are pretty happy to, to work together, and you know, I think as soon as once Drape starts getting to full training again, and and get, we're getting to work together, I think we can start creating that synergy. And it's going to take time. Yeah. Obviously, when you ever, any of you have a new combination, it takes a while to 
just to get used to how each other's works and, and what works for them, what works for me. So, you know, we, we're, we're continuing to have those conversations, but once we get into games and we can actually start to work on that synergy, then hopefully that's when we can get to some magic happening. Nick Bryan, who's been sort of developing the, the last sort of three, four years, because of the drapes being on the, on, in the modified group, you've been one-on-one -on -one a lot with him at centre bounces and around the ground. How are you finding him just as a fresh start with fresh eyes, his progress? Because every year he seems like he's got quite a yeah. bit better. So it feels like he's almost ready to, to, yep. to strike. Have you, with your experience, how are you finding his game? Yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I think his ability to, to compete in the ruck and you know, he obviously doesn't look like he's that strong, but he, he's actually holds his ground pretty well. And he's obviously just got to learn that little bit of nuance into his game that if someone's taken away his strength, how he works through that. And, and that's hopefully I can help him through going through the vision of these practice matches we're getting through that we can help work out what I was thinking coming up against him. So that's hopefully I can help refine him a bit more. But I've been really impressed with Bryce with and I think he's got a really bright future. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he's not in too much of a rush and he's happy to to keep working and keep improving because yeah, as you said you've seen that and he's now consistently dominating the yeah, VFL yeah. footy yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, a, yes. that's a great sign and now it's just about making sure that he's playing the AFL if he's playing the VFL he's playing AFL standard at a VFL level and mm. making sure he's ready to go whenever that is whether it's round one round two or, or whatever it is Now mate Scotty and I joke about the fact that with your addition and um, Sammy coming back to full strength and, and Drape and um, uh, the rest of the ruck group looking great as well. That someone like yourself could win uh, Darcy Parish at Brownlow, like with the amount, like with the tap downs and uh, and getting it into the man's hands, or Zach along those lines for Brownlow. Um, with, from a supporter's point of view, we look at the ruck stocks at Essendon now and just go, that's going to be a real strength because there's there's no letdown now. We've got three capable rucks that could play AFL um, round one. Without selling us too much, some of the other players we've interviewed have been reasonably guarded. <laughs> but I assume you've had the chat with Brad and the rest of the coaching staff about what your role is going to be. And like you said, some of it's going to be coming in as a dependable, experienced ruckman, looking after Sammy a little bit, taking some clunks in the forward line, great stuff. But at 18 years, does he give you what he's, he's expecting through, throughout the season? Or as um, uh, Ben McKay and Jordan Ridley just said, is it just expected that you're a professional AFL athlete, you know what you need to do, and now just go out and do it? Well, yeah, they're, they're, a lot of it is about that that latter part where okay. it is, there is just an expectation. You come in, you know what you've got to do. Sure. And it, probably the comfort for me coming to Essendon and, and is that I had Brad for nine and a half ah, years. Yeah, good point, so yeah. I, I do understand a lot of his yeah. expectations and the way he wants us to go about it and, and what he wants from the side and from the club. So I think that helps. So we haven't, you know, and obviously in the recruiting process, you have conversations around where they see things and what they want. Yeah. Um, but since I've been here and we've started pre-season, it's more about letting me go to work and do my thing. Um, we haven't really sat down one-on-one -on -one and, okay. and had those conversations. And, I, and, you know, we're not at that point where I know I'm worrying too much about that. Uh, my job is to go out and perform yeah. and train as well as I can. And I feel like that's my focus um, and the rest of it. You just go... AFL footy, you've got to be ready to react and ready to adapt to, to whatever the role is given week to week, season to season. And, and it is, is always slightly different. You never quite know what's and what might sound great in November 
of 2023 suddenly get to July of 2024 and the whole landscape of the AFL has changed. So you do have to be yeah. very adaptable. And I think that's been my greatest strength over yeah. over the time is Clearly. to be in this business for this long is you have to be able to adapt and, and that's what I pride myself in being able to, to have that adaptability. And I think from a from a supporter's point of view, it's a real comfort for us as well. Like we, um, Sam's great on his day, world beater. Uh, Nick Bryan, the heir apparent's coming through is looking great. But we, we add yourself, Vigo, young, raw, you can learn as you goes but to having yourself coming in as that dependable knows knows what to do in an AFL footy field it's a really it's a comfort to have um, in Goldstein well, there you go job done right you, you, you're not going to get horribly beaten it's not going to be in Goldstein means confidence from the from the supporter group as well that you know what you're going to do you're there to compliment you're there to star as well but you're there to compliment so I mean from all the supporters that we listen to so they listen to us and to talk to us about it they wanted us to sort of say welcome to the club mate because not just not just the skills and stuff that you bring with but the level of confidence from the from the fans as well in Goldstein is going to mean something um, a hell of a lot other than just a bloke to, to run around the footy field it's going to mean a hell of a lot to the confidence of the, of the supporters as well yeah and that's why you know hopefully I can bring that to, to even to my teammates and they they know that yeah if when I'm in there you know I'm, am I going to absolutely dominate like I did 10 years yes, ago maybe not yeah. but they know what they'll get from me they know that I'm going to play my role they know that I'll do whatever it takes to, to help the side win and you know, for me as you said if, if I can help a, a Darcy Parish or a Zach Merritt get to the high even higher heights than they've already reached you know, then I see that as a job done and you know, in the end, I, I want to win games of footy. How do you feel like you're working with the midfield mix? It seems to be uh, like a set of field Merritt Parish with a like a Perkins and Durham and you know a rotation kind of view with Caldwell. How, how are you finding that whole mix? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, re- I've really enjoyed it so far. It seems like a lot of the conversations that then bounce and like we're all on the same page. And obviously, there's a little bit of terminology differences that we're getting used to and <laughs> and, and movement patterns that we're still adjusting to. But I've been thoroughly impressed with the way they've all gone about it and, and their ability to to get on the spill ball and, and have a real impact so it actually takes the pressure I feel a lot less pressure that you have to win the hit out because I know how good these guys are at ground level mm. that I know that even if the opposition get their first hands on it that a lot of the time the boys are outnumbering and they're, and they're getting on that spill ball so I think that's been the most exciting thing for me is that it feels like a little bit of pressure's off me at the moment and I'm just enjoying how to enjoy it so I've really enjoyed working with them and hopefully we can keep working that synergy because it does take time you know yeah, they've got, they got to get used to obviously riser and, and drapes are, are right-handed i'm left-handed so even getting used to working on the other side of the circle is That's just a, a bit point. different so yeah, yeah. It, it's going to take time we understand that but so far i think it's been going pretty well speaking of, of working with the guys um we, we asked the, all, all the other players we've spoken to as well who's a standout now again leaning on your experience who's looking good i mean we nate caddy stood on langer's his, his head and he looked great and taking grabs and stuff but has anybody you sort of you've noticed that have gone? Oh, let's, he's looking really good. Well, I mean, someone I probably didn't know a lot about when I got here, but I've been really impressed with is Zach Reed. I think okay. he, like the ability for someone of his height to move as well as he. Like, oh, yeah. I was shy. No, I had no idea it was two oh five or, yeah. or whatever he's listed at. It, it's quite incredible how well he moves, and and now he's got his body seems like in a really yeah. good place. Yeah. He's missed barely missed a session all pre-season. I think I've been really impressed with how good he's going and, and how well him and Benny McKay can work together. I think will be you know, a scary proposition. Nice. Well, so, to last question. Uh, we know we've got you a little bit over time. It doesn't feel like with the other players, they're kind of monitoring expectation. They're, they're, the message more is continuous improvement. Like, it's that will drive in some ways more wins just to be more consistent is that how you're seeing things I mean it it has to be you you can't I know this is a win-loss industry and we're going to be a judge at the end of the year on our win-loss 
but for us as a as an inner sanctum, we can't worry about that sort of stuff. We need to make sure we're getting everything right at every moment of every day. And if we're doing that, who knows what's going to happen? A lot of luck is involved in this game. Of course, there's, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors that are out of our control, and to a point, at times the scoreboard and those results are out of our control. So for us as a group, and I think that's why you're probably seeing that consistent theme is that going if we take care of business, if we do our jobs, and we take care of our moment, then the results will take care of themselves. And you know, at the end of the day, yep, judge us on that, and we will. And you know, the supporters will love it when we're winning; they'll hate it when we're losing. But for us, we want to we need to see that improvement, and we need to feel like we're heading the right direction because you know, this group is really capable they're really determined and you know they're not happy with the way they've been the last decade so there is that drive in the group but yep. we can't focus on the end result because that will probably take you out of the moment and, and take you out and you might lose one or two of those really important moments because you're worried about the scoreboard oh or, God, the, yeah, scoreboard, or yeah. the win loss ratio and that might cost you a game or two because you weren't in the moment and you weren't able to stay locked into to what you need to and do your role for the team well, I think, man, one of the things we've learned as a podcast, just from talking to the, the boys today and yourself and the other players we've, we've spoken to, is, like, as a podcast, we, we get on and bang on about the, the wins, we bang on about the losses, how Goldie played, how he didn't play. One of the things where I think we're going to do this year is try and concentrate on what has improved. We didn't win, fine. We, we, we lost that game, fine. But what are the what are the things that you, we noticed as, as, uh, as, as podcast guys that the team's starting to improve in? Maybe... The, the run through the middle of the ground isn't quite as as sort of open as it was last year. What are the nuanced areas that we could potentially, instead of just, ah, we lost that game, yeah, we lost that game, but this looked great. Ben Hobbs, mate, he had a lot of the ball, which is great for him as a young. Um, Todd Goldstein's it's slotted in nicely. The, the ruck's in really good position. So I think that's one of the benefits of talking to the players and that, and, and under, from our understanding from our point of view that we'll be pushing with, the, pushing with our listeners this year is, Win losses, we love and we live and we live and die by them. But just try and have a look behind that about the things that are improving week by week. Did it happen last week? Yep. Again, did it happen again this week? Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. And I know it's not as sensationalised as probably a, a podcast would like it to be, but that is the that's how that's the nitty gritty, the the boring detail that we go through. Yeah. And, and what we try and do is is yeah, the results will take care of themselves. But we want to see, make sure we're playing the way that Brad wants us to play, the way we want to play, and to be the sort of side that we want to be in. And in the end. The results will come their way and I know everyone media will talk about it but we can't get caught up in that because you've got to stay the team that stays in the moment the best and Collingwood were brilliant at that last year in those dying seconds of nearly every game yeah. they were able to stay locked in for longer and that's the, can be the difference in games Alright, well mate, um, we've got to wrap it up um, it's an incredible pleasure to have you on the podcast I know all the listeners will absolutely love this so um, thanks very much mate no, I appreciate it, thank, thank you. you Cheers Bye. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Our third guest at the Essendon Media Day today. Um, uh, he's a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, well, that's your guys' job, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's Ben Mackay here, so thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Uh, it was so good to have you, Ben. Uh, thanks, welcome to the club as well. I know you've been here for five months, but uh, yeah, as a yeah. fan, uh, look, I hope you get the idea that that fans are, were wrapped when that when that came through that you were joining Essendon. So thanks, man. Uh, yeah, couldn't we couldn't have been happier. Uh, it solves a lot of issues <laughs> we may have, but uh, no, it's great to be here. Uh, so I guess your time you've you've done four or five kind of months of training now with the group. You've done yep. probably a month of real Saturday match practice yep. kind of view. How you think things are going? Uh, you know, you've you seem to be. Not mentoring, but being alongside Reed 
talking both yep. both of you talking together. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you have you feel like everything's going as a back six? Yeah, well, I suppose taking it back to when I first came here in October, <laughs> November, it's gone so quickly. Um, I didn't do a heap of training before Christmas. Um, That's true. Yeah. But since the new year, I've done you know basically every minute. So um, the time's gone so quickly in a good way. Um, and you're right with the last two or three weeks on a Saturday, we've done. Um, you know, a fair bit of gameplay stuff. So, you know, whether it was two quarters or three quarters and maybe this week sort of close to a full game almost. So it's been good. I think I've really appreciated having the same sort of guys down back um, ever since I've, I've trained basically in the new year with um, Nick Martin and and, uh, and and Reedy, as you said, and Andy McGrath, um, those sort of guys, Mason Redmond that were... It's so much easier building cohesion when you train together consistently. So I think that's something I've appreciated Um and having guys like yeah Zach to to learn off as well. Like I I think you know just because I played a bit of footy and Zach hasn't played much doesn't mean I can't learn um, as much off him yeah. as, as the other way around. So I've really appreciated having guys like Zach and also Rids as well. He's uh, he's been great. He sees the game very well, Jordy. Uh, so um, it's been good. Now to you learn were friends off. before even coming. Um, sort of. We wouldn't say friends. We 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 trained down at a gym together in Moorabbin um, yeah. through the the Speed Project. Andy was there as well. So. Got to know those boys a little bit, but not not super super close. But um, yep. yeah, he's been. But those boys have been great ever since uh, joining the club and having a, a sort of previous relationship to a degree has helped um, coming to the doors. Yeah, I've noticed uh, just on the sad days. Uh, it's funny when you're you know you're you're biased Essendon fan and you you know all hands up. I hadn't watched North Melbourne too much. <laughs> um, so it was interesting just seeing you play and going. I, I was just watching you and I I, I under. Oh, that's unprofessional as hell. That is. Come on, that's a professional podcast, mate. Mine's off. I'd like to point that out. That's gold ringing saying, "Oh, okay, now." Now, I noticed that how well you read the play. Like, I, I didn't understand you that way, and and how much it felt like even our defence was kind of setting up for you to sometimes even lag off your opponent and someone like a, a Brian or someone might cover your opponent yeah. temporarily that you might get off the chain because you read the play so well. Yeah. Is that right? Is that your strength? It seemed to uh, me just from watching you, you have a, a real... I think so. Probably my first two or three years, you know, I would probably played for the first time at AFL level in 2020. Um, in my first probably two seasons, it was very much just beat your opponent and that was the, you know, sort of keeping it simple sort of mentality. Um, but as you play more footy, you you learn times to come off and um, you know be assertive, and, and obviously there's also times uh, to defend really hard, and that's our primary yeah. job. So I think it's just you know when you play a bit of footy, um, and I've been in the system. This is my ninth year, so I think you learn the the right times to be assertive and, and try and look to come off and intercept, but also um, knowing what your your main role is is defending. So I think to be honest, all those guys down back find the balance really well, and um, I think we're learning off each other, as I said earlier, and. Um, finding the, the, the right balance to, to be assertive and, and work together and also times to lock down and defend because that's a sounds bad it's, it's, it's an underrated like uh, part of the game I reckon just getting your job done so yeah. I agree man would, would I be right in saying that I mean your time at North you would have been under a lot of pressure in the, in the back line at North and we won't go into that too much but um, at Essendon and we've asked Andy and, and Rids the, the sort of same questions has, has Brad Scott been, been clear about what he wants from you now 
you're probably going to play at full back and you're going to be um, one of the defenders in the back six, right? But has he given you sort of, Ben, mate, here's what we want from you. There are going to be times when we want you to, to shut down Charlie Dixon because he's on fire or something like that, right? But has he given you any sort of personal KPIs to work on throughout the year? Um, Appreciate you might not be able to, t- to say yeah, them. Yeah. But has he sort of been, um, Ben, here's, here's our expectations. Because, I mean, we, we, work in a, we work in a corporate environment and a lot of the listeners do as well, right? Yeah. We often wonder whether or not sports people and professional sports people get given really clear KPIs to think about each week before a game? I wouldn't say it's KPIs normally. I think from joining North, I think um, Essendon as a club we're really big on. You know, you're here for a reason and you've performed you know, somewhat to a degree that um, has given you an opportunity to, to be at a new club and I've done some good things in my career so far yeah. um, in some games, I suppose. So I think it's more just being aware of what your strengths are and um, you know, they've been really big on working to your strengths here. Um, so I think it's not as much KPIs as, as, as it is just working on those strengths and, okay. um, you know, with your, your one-on-one stuff and, um, yeah, and then finding time to, to try and intercept as well. So probably those two things, mate, that it's, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a KPI, but just, um, yeah, encouraging your strengths more and more, yeah. Okay, great. Do you, coming from, uh, just from North to Essendon and you, you've seen Goldie come across with you, yep. Dersma from Port and, yep. and Gresham from Saints, uh, I mean, Essendon rightfully, round 17 was in fifth spot. Yeah. And, and, you know, everyone knows String went down, Drapes went down, Ridley went down, you yep. know, bad luck happened and we just didn't perform. Yep. But do you see, okay, we've got four guys come in. Yep. Do you look around and go, look, this is actually a very good list that we could actually do something here? Yeah, I think it's an easy trap to get into because I think. Every, every team, every club around the league has a good list. Has so a good list, yeah. I think it's how do we utilise that. Um, and, yeah, it certainly helps having three or four ready-made players come in um, as just a, another yeah, group of wise heads to add to the group. Um, I think it's a, it's a nice balance in our group that it's not too old, not too young. It's, there's a, a core group of sort of Andy, Rids, Mace, those sort of guys who are similar to my age, at like 25, 26, that are you know, going to be here for hopefully six, seven, eight, oh. ten more years. So I think that's been really enjoyable having guys similar to my age um, that are really mature on and off the field and I think bringing in three or four guys like that like Goldie and Gresh and, um, and Zay that are ready-made players that, that understand what it requires I think it can only help um, our group going forward but I mean there's some really really good young kids coming through and some really top-end experience like Dice and Dilshiel and those sort of guys so yeah. I think it's a, it's a nice blend. Mate, we're really looking forward to, and as supporters again, we haven't seen much of the man, but we're really looking forward to seeing Zach Reid play. Yep. Um, he's as tall as everybody in the world. <laughs> he's an enormous unit, right? Yeah. What, what can you tell us about Tom Reedy? What, what, what does he bring down to that back six? He certainly is tall, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, he is, he's a good kid. I, I think he got drafted 2020 maybe. Um, he's got yeah, really good athleticism. Um, it's nice having someone down there who's similar height as well, so mm. we can really work together. And, yeah. and that's been probably the most enjoyable thing, just getting to know each other and as I said earlier, having the reps out on the ground at training is the most important thing. So he's uh, yeah, he's got plenty of strengths. He's you know he's obviously reads the game really well and um, likes to you know take the ball in the air, but also defends really hard as well. So um, I think we've both got similar strengths as well. Like we both you know we feel like we can use the ball decently as well by forward and um, finding the balance again of when we need to get our work done one on one and also finding the times to intercept as well. So that's. You know things we're working on together as a, as a unit and as a pair. But I've I've really enjoyed training with Reedy and can't wait to play with him 
hopefully six, seven, eight years. Absolutely. And one of the things we were sort of talking about with the other guys, with Andy as well, is um, the back six is great by foot. All yeah. of them, right? Yeah. Like we got Reedy's left foot, right foot. We yeah. got Rids is one of the best kicks in the in the team. Yeah. Yourself is great with that. Um, one of the I'll ask the question is there is there a focus from that back six to really use the ball, even with um, uh, Nick Martin coming um, down there potentially to use the ball I, well I, by I foot? I feel like it's it's almost like less is more when we talk about that. Like it's I think we're all you know got decent skills, so. Yeah. It's almost just letting us do our thing. Yeah, we don't have to overcomplicate it. Yeah, cool. um, yep. We've all got good skills, so that's something I've noticed. Like it's almost less is more. We talk about that. We don't necessarily say you have to do this, do that. It's just you know those guys down there are very skillful, both aerially, by foot, yeah, reading the game. So I've been not surprised, but I've been really encouraged by how. It's almost just like you guys play and back your foot skills in, and good. we'll make up the rest almost. So beautiful. Yeah. You made a good point that so many clubs have similar talented lists. And yeah. so uh, we were talking to Reeds and saying like, the, how the pies, some may even think that's probably not the best list on talent, but how much buy-in and, and they had to each other. And but yeah. is that is that a, a message that's flowing through to you guys that really the ones who shine are the ones who are all 22, whether it's you know um, transition defense, everyone yeah. positioning, you know, just doing all those one percenters at a high level. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, you, you hear about it all the time that it's unity, it's care for your teammate, all that sort of stuff. That you know, as you said, every team's got talent, and rightfully so. It's the, the you know the most talented and skillful uh, you know league in the, in Australia, and rightfully so. So I think it's yeah, you look sort of outside the box and how we can find that one percent, and um, yeah, it's that, those little things. Uh, yeah, the one percent I suppose. Yeah, I would agree that you know those things do add up on game day, especially in big games as well. That um, you know you got to be in it together, and that's something I've enjoyed about. The camaraderie around here, and um, you know, it's a common goal, and there's a bit of urgency, or there definitely is urgency around you know wanting success here, but not losing sight of what's important, and that's just the process. So I know it's it's a cliche, but it, it is so true, um, and I've been proud about how the club have uh, focused on that. You yeah. know, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, here we go again, another season. You know, what, what's going to happen? But the reality is, we don't know what's going to happen, and that's that's the excitement of sport. Um, yeah. You know, it's all about the process and. We'll do what we can control and whatever happens, happens. So, From a player's point of view, that level of of messaging and, and all three guys we've spoken to, yourself included, there, there seems to be a consistent message, right? And Andy was saying it's less about wins and losses. Yep. It's more about just making sure there's this continual improvement throughout the year, right? Yep. Just from a player's point of view, does that breed a quiet confidence? Like so, a quiet yeah. confidence that we're all on the same page, we're all professional athletes, and now yep. we're just going to go out there, like you said, and demonstrate our skills. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very... Yeah, you can easily get caught up in outcome focus in yeah. any walk of life, with sport or business or whatever. Um, I think it's, it's an easy carrot to worry about, the, the outcome, winning games, winning finals, yeah. whatever, but I think it just doesn't happen unless everyone's on the same page. So it's refreshing knowing that it's, it's a bit of a, not a free hit, but it's, you know, you can be yourself and know that it's, it is process focused and we're not worried necessarily about wins and losses. Obviously, it's an important part, but, um, you know, it's about getting this thing right and when, when it is right, like sort of look out. Um, that sort of mentality. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. When, when you've picked up a guy like Nate Caddy, who's come on, uh, do you half do defence, but do you ever talk to him about almost what annoys you as a defender? Like, yep. I mean, do, do you guys have discussions post-sessions and say, hey, I noticed this, I noticed that as, as an 18-year-old? Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the first three or four weeks of training, it was for me, it was around just sort of learning and getting to know everybody and then I think the more we play with each other especially Nate um, you know I'm so keen to pass on my experience and he's been great as well he asked a lot of questions and 
we find ourselves playing on each other a bit of training. So um, I really like Nate. I, I like what he's made of, and he's a really respectful kid. So um, he does things in the right way, and um, you know he wants to learn. So anyone who wants to learn, I'm, I'm more than happy to um, try and help as well, and, and also be assertive in that as well. And yeah. whenever he does something while training, or he takes a mark on me, whatever, I always say, mate, well done. This is this is why you did that. This is why you got that mark, or whatever, and try and encourage him as well. I think that's a really good culture here as well. Like. Yes, it's training, but you know we're teammates as well. We want to help each other get better. So it's not oh he he bet me here or I bet him there. It's it's more like yeah, well done. Let's take this take a moment to understand why that happened. And um, yeah. Nate's been great at that. He's yeah, he's, a, he's a very eager kid, and we we like to see that um, yeah. with draftees. Now speaking of playing on people, what's the likelihood of you playing on your brother this season? Oh mate, if I had a dollar for everyone who asked me that, I'd be, I'd be a millionaire. Um, I don't know, mate. Like. Do you just give him a tap on the bum and then try and seriously beat him? Yeah, oh, probably, but I, oh, hopefully it happens, man. I mean, it obviously hasn't happened yet, but it's been a pretty unlucky set of circumstances thus far, so um, we'll see how we go. I think we play him round 12 or something, yeah. Um, yeah. so that hopefully we're both fit and healthy and we can uh, can get out there and play on each other finally. But, That'll um, be a fun time. We'll, uh, we'll see how we go. Hopefully, hopefully it happens. I'm curious, when you now that you've had a f- quite a few sessions... Yep. From afar, now that you're in, in the team, is there players that you thought they're either slightly better than you thought they were or uh, from what you... Um, no, not really. I mean, the guys like Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish, those sort of guys, you know, they've been really strong midfielders in the comp for three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is. Um, guys like Peter Wright, like his work ethic is first class, so it's probably the hardest worker I've seen. Um, there's certainly guys that you know you don't obviously know too much about them because you played in a different team. But yep. there's been guys like Pete and Kyle Langford, those sort of guys who are very diligent and switched on, and Dill Shield as well, Dyson Heppel, They're all super pros, and that's been the most enjoyable part. I think just seeing how guys go about their business and, and learn off them, and um, that was a big reason why I wanted to come here because I knew that mature, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys are, are someone I can learn off, and um, yeah, those guys as I mentioned earlier certainly lead the way in their professionalism, and that's something um, I really admire in a player and a person. You can learn from that as well, I guess. I mean, you'd, you should be well and truly yep. with the amount of footy that you've played and your skills, you should be confident in what you can do, right? And that's great to hear. But do you, is there more learning, like you said, from the, the players around you? I mean, sure, you, you're still learning as a footballer and um, and you've got to uh, continue to get better and the likes, but yep. is there a real benefit to the Essendon Footy Club about um, uh, sort of learning off the field and from the other players? Yeah, I mean, I, mate, to be honest, like... At North, I was always learning off people around me as well. Like it's okay. just it's just in my mentality to learn. Cool. Um, you never you never finish. You never finish product. So um, it's always just a natural progression when you change clubs to learn off people. And um, you know, you never, as I said about Reedy before, like asking questions about him and what he likes and learning off him to to Pete and anyone who's here that they're here for a reason. So I think um, I'm always open minded on who I can learn off and get better and improve on and. It's going to help us and me as well. So I, that's just a mentality I always have. Beautiful. Well, mate, I think we've got to wrap this up. Um, absolutely a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, I know all of our listeners are going to be really interested in this interview. So thanks very much for your time, mate. No worries. And hopefully, guys, you, uh, I do a podcast as well, the Ben and Harry podcast. So I would love to have everyone on the Lunchtime Pod to tune in as well. So um, that'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, absolutely. We've, I've listened to that a few times. Thanks for joining good, us, Thanks, mate. guys. Bye.